management, leadership. If you're all about that, I know that you're ready for the leaderish podcast. Ay, change your mindset because it is vital. Remembering the leader is not all about a title. It's about helping others level up, get their best. Talking about the skills, time to focus, time to represent. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the leaderish podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Leaderish Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandy. And guess what? We are deep into season two. So, for this episode, and honestly, for this entire season, I want to call out some of those management characteristics that are just team too much. Just stop, okay? So you may realize that you are thinking about managers, leaders that you know in your workplace that exhibit these characteristics, but more importantly, make sure that you can point out which ones are relevant for you because you are also a part of um, our workforce and all of us need to improve in some way, shape, form or fashion. So before we get into the episode for today, I want to remind you, you can always shoot me a text message at 215-608-5687. If you have a question, comments, reactions to the podcast and anything I'm saying, make sure you reach out and I'll get back to you. But let's get into the episode for today. So today we are talking about micromanagers okay so i'm going to break down signs that you are a micromanager and then some strategies that you can use to handle and manage the micromanagers themselves so let's get into it today so first thing is you know micromanagers just to give a little bit of background right they they have trust issues you need to know that when you are micromanaging others or when someone is micromanaging you, it has less to do with anything that you're doing and it has everything to do with them. So do not take it personal. Now, micromanagers, I figured I would come out the gate with one of the most annoying management types that are out there. I just had to say it. Man, uh, micromanagers, they just make you feel like you're stupid, like you don't know what you're doing. But we're going to break down some of the psychology behind it, some of the things, the characteristics that you'll exhibit, um, that they will exhibit, and then how to overcome them. So just listen, listen to some of these. Think about you as well, because you have full blown micromanagers. And then sometimes you have those situations in those contexts where we get a little micromanage. OK, and so. You want to make sure that you are not falling into some of these trends and then we'll, we'll talk about it. We will air out all of this, but I want to go through a couple of signs that you are a micromanager. So the first and most obvious sign is someone that does not delegate. OK, when someone is not delegating, it's because they don't trust you to do the job and micromanagers in the psychology of how they think they don't really trust anybody to do things as well as they are doing them. They don't feel like you can, they can delegate something to you and you can run with it and you can hang with it. They wanna hover and make sure that they are every little step of the way, quality controlling the situation. And so if you have a manager that rarely delegates or when they do delegate, they're on you like white on rice, okay? They are a micromanager. So that's the first sign. The next one is over communication. And usually we think that over communication is a good thing. Sometimes we even say 
we probably need to communicate a little bit more. But micromanagers take it to the full out extent. When you think about the overcommunication, have you ever had someone where, let's say the project is due on Wednesday and they check in with you Tuesday night about the status of the project and you're like, the project is literally due tomorrow. It's not even late. It's early, it's before the deadline, but they check in with you ahead of time. Have you ever had someone who always acts like they're out of the loop? So for example, you're working on a project, there are multiple moving parts, and every time you turn around, they're checking in with you on a status of the project, on what's going on. And you're thinking, I'll give you a status when I actually have some information for you. There's no updates, but they consistently are asking you for updates as if you're leaving them out, okay? Y'all know about that. But that over-communication piece is a sign of a micromanager. And even the, the phrase of over-communication isn't really what's going on. It's really a nagging, right? It's a nagging spirit on those, on those micromanagers over and over again. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you're going to have to communicate your way out of um, a lot of these situations with micromanagers. Communication is gonna be the key to kind of undo some of their, their patterns. So the third one is hovering, hovering. They're just right here. Now I know we're in a virtual environment in a remote environment right now, but when managers, micromanagers are constantly hovering, it may also look like maybe being nosy, you know, um, poking their nose in places, asking questions. And instead of them owning and saying, you know what, I'm worried, I'm concerned, I have some trust issues with maybe the project, or I'm not sure, not confident that you're gonna be able to do this um, project on time, or just being honest and authentic, what they do is they just hover. They're around, they ask questions, they inquire. You never really know what they're thinking because they don't share it, but they're always around. That's another micro, That's another sign that you're a micromanager, okay? They're checking up on you. It can almost feel like parenting as well, especially if you're a millennial and your manager may be a baby boomer or Gen Xer and they're a micromanager. You may feel like you are a child, that they're, they're parenting you a little bit. That's another sign. Okay, sign number three calling constant meetings. Now, if you're in corporate America, let me tell y'all, y'all in corporate, you meet to meet about meeting, about the meeting, about the other meeting. Like you just stay in meetings all day. I'm thinking this is why you all are behind on your work. You know, you're overwhelmed because you spend so much time talking about things that you can't really get anything done. But guess what? The micromanager loves the meetings because they sit there and they can ask you or everyone else in the room what's going on, what's the status. They can talk ad nauseum sometimes about what's going on, about the ideas. They wanna make sure everything's on track. Sometimes micromanagers too, when they're calling these constant meetings, it's under the guise of them just making sure they have a handle of everything, just making sure they're on top of the project. When really, no, you're a micromanager, okay? You're, getting, you're starting to get really weird here. But again, we're not gonna talk about how to deal with it yet. I'm gonna break down each of these and give you an alternate behavior and a response on how you can manage them. But if you're being called in constant meetings, micromanager, okay? All right, number five, asking you to account for every minute of your workday. Oh my gosh, now I remember, and I think most workplaces um, have some sort of time tracking, but now that you work remote, 
some some of your managers are taking it up a notch when it comes to asking you for a count of everything that you're doing. So this is a true story. I literally had someone and they reached out to me for some coaching and some advice. And they said, Dr. Brandy, literally, I was in the restroom. I had a stomach bug. And so throughout the day, I couldn't, and I know this is like TMI, but they were like, I was in the bathroom every hour for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. Literally their manager acknowledged, and they said, you know, um, I was in the restroom, sorry, I'm not feeling good today. Their manager literally told them that they thought they were lying about being in the restroom for a health reason, essentially because they wanted to account for every single minute of the day. What managers need to realize, um, and for our micromanagers, is that what you think you're doing to stay on top of your team for quality control and things like that, you're actually disincentivizing your team. You're, you are making them disengaged with their workload. They do not want to be motivated to actually help or support you, the project or the team or anything when you're micromanaging to the point that you're trying to clock every single minute of their time. Trust is one of those big things nowadays, especially with remote work and working virtually. If you really have a reason that you do not trust someone on your team, then that's a different discussion. Have a meeting, air that out, or make sure that there are systems and processes in place so that your team members um, or whoever you're supervising can't actually take advantage of the system. But once those systems and processes are in place, there's no need for you to be stopping the work that you should be doing to micromanage every single minute of their day. So you want to have that trust there. So if any of you were working um, at a job where they were adamant before the pandemic that no, you can't work from home. No, we can't approve that. No, it's logistically not feasible. And all of a sudden the pandemic came around. And what do you know? In 30 days or less, all these companies and corporations sent all of their workforces home and had to trust them at that time. So when you think about that transition, some of those micromanagers who were already hovering anyway, they already were, um, you know, in your face all the time. Now that you are remote and they don't have that control because control is, is a part of this kind of management style, you'll notice sometimes they'll ramp up um, trying to clock every little thing that you're doing. Okay, I have three more here. Next one, actually I have two more, two more, two more, because I kind of blended two other ones. So another one is they want to sign off on every little step. Okay, I'm an 80s baby. I love me some R&B. Do y'all remember Bobby Brown? Every little step I take. Okay, do you guys remember that song? That was my jam. But it's a little creepy when someone literally is stalking every single step that you make. It's creepy, okay? But the micromanager doesn't want you to do more than one or two things at a time before they can sign off on the next step. Now, depending on the type of industry that you're in, I'm a big proponent of quality control and making sure that we don't go fast in the wrong direction. But really, you should be able to start and finish a project or a component or milestone of a project without someone else having to sign off on every little step. Now, I think the real issue, though, when it comes to micromanagers with this is that it's not just that they want to sign off on every step. It's that they it's when they don't tell you ahead of time. And that when you make a move, they correct you and reprimand you as if you're moving too fast. That's where I think the rub really happens. If you if you tell someone ahead of time as a manager, hey, when you get to milestone A, check in with me. I just want to make sure it's great. Or when you get to um, section B of the report, just send it to me so that I can just edit it, make sure that we're writing in the appropriate tone or any. That's fine. 
let us know ahead of time, but don't not say anything and then want to make it seem like I'm leaving you out of the loop or that I'm moving too fast ahead of the project or that I am somehow, you know, out of some sort of boundary if you haven't communicated that ahead of time. So if they want to sign off on every step, that's a sign that you or your manager is a micromanager. And then last but not least, they position themselves as the sole point of contact. You want to make sure that this, and I'm talking to the managers now, if you are a manager, and this is, this is what the, the um, irony is of micromanagers, they're always overwhelmed. Micromanagers are always overwhelmed. They are always behind on their work. They always seem to be flustered or like one or two um, days away from having a total breakdown. And it's partly because they're micromanaging. They're trying to control every single thing. They're not allowing people to own the project. Here's the thing. If I'm supervising Bob and Bob drops the ball on the project, that's for Bob to clean up. That's Bob's mistake. Let Bob own that piece. What micromanagers do is they insert their identity and their success in what everybody else is doing outside of their role. Instead of focusing on being successful in their role of management. We have a saying um, at Millennial Ventures, great leaders make leaders. And so as a manager, you should be leading other leaders and seeing your team as leaders. And if they're not quite there yet, if they don't, don't have the character of leaders, because you know I believe that leadership is about your character, not your title. So if they don't have it, then you as the manager should be the one that helps them and grooms them and coaches them along the way. But just resolving in your mind that this person or that person just doesn't have what it takes. So you have to babysit them and hover. You have to do all their work. If I had a dollar every time I spoke privately and intimately with an actual micromanager, their mindset and the psychology of how they think is that I would let go of the reins if they would just do their job, if they would just be perfect, essentially, that they would do things the way I want them to do them. But at the end of the day, in today's workforce, when diversity, diversity of our approach, our thought, you know, there are a hundred ways to do to approach any given project. Sometimes when you think about, um, you know, the role of of. Um, our workload nowadays and our roles, you really need as much bench strength as possible. And so managers will continue to make it about what other people aren't doing as the excuse for why they're hovering, why they want to clock every minute of the day. But people learn through making mistakes. Either you win or you learn. And so when you, as a micromanager, you have to give people an opportunity to kind of stumble a little bit, to coach them, to not demean them or make it feel like something's wrong with them as you are managing them. Okay. Does that make sense to everybody so far? I hope it does. But this is what I want to do. I want to transition quickly go back through some of these, but I'm going to give some of you that are listening and saying, Dr. Brandy, I'm not a micromanager. Okay. I recognize these signs because my supervisor right now is literally this person you're talking about. If you are that person and you want to figure out how to combat these micromanagers, got something for you right now. So here's the thing. If you have a micromanager, unfortunately, if you've been allowing this to go on for months or even years at a time, the longer that this has been happening, the more challenging it's going to be in the beginning to curb their behavior because you're stuck in what we would call an intractable conflict or you're stuck in a um, interpersonal pattern that you have to break. 
Now, when the great thing is when you're thinking about dealing with micromanagers or anyone for that matter, it's not about you trying to change them. You will never change anyone else. People change when they want to change. But when you think about the psychology around behavior, what you can do is adjust your behavior. Naturally, when you adjust, others will adjust themselves because micromanagers, narcissistic leaders, which we'll talk about in another episode or two, uh, bosses who are bullies and things like that. They're not doing it to everybody. They're doing it to those people and interacting with people in, in that way where they're able to get away with it. And even subconsciously, people will adjust and adapt their behavior if the environment calls them to do so. So that's the first thing I just want to say as a caveat. The second thing is your communication skills and your conflict management skills are the core of you being able to deal with a micromanager. You have to think of it that way. So when we're talking about communication skills, we're talking about verbal and nonverbal. It's not always about you calling a meeting to talk about the fact that you've been trying to clock my time, even my bathroom time, bathroom time every single day day. It's not that literal sometimes. Sometimes it's what you don't say. Sometimes it's the email that you don't respond to after hours. Sometimes it's um, you, a question, a well-pointed question that you may have. Instead of saying a statement, you may say, I'm sorry, why are you asking for me to t have that process? Or you may say, are you are you saying that because you don't you don't trust the plan that I laid out or right? So it's you being able to communicate your way through. Last thing I'll say before I even get into some specific tactics is authenticity. At some time, at some point, you have to be authentic. You have to be real. You have to be vulnerable to be able to address what's really going on. A lot of times professionally, we, we have this professional persona that we walk in with. We have this kind of brand. But when you really are trying to improve your interpersonal relationships at work, you have to make sure that you're being real. And so you can't be fake. You can be my people pleasers out there. Y'all know what I say. People pleasers and those nice girl and nice gal types. You, you all are the angriest people that I know. I'm telling you deep down inside, you're going to go postal any day now. Because, but, but part of that people pleasing, part of that nice girl, nice guy complex that stops you or from managing um, these dysfunctional managers that we're talking about all season is, is almost like I think of it as not being authentic not being real. So you're going to smile through it. You're going to, okay, you're going to just, I'm just going to, you're going to tell yourself, I'm going to let it roll off my shoulders. I'm not going to be offended. And it's not authentic when really you should have a real conversation and go like, I'm, am I seeing what you're seeing? You know, a check-in with that manager goes a long way. So here we go for the managers. When it comes to delegation, right? They, they don't want to delegate or that maybe they want to hold all the cards to themselves. They don't want to let you know what the next step is. One thing I recommend is using technology to really neutralize a lot of that. I'm a big proponent of staying organized. So you can use the technology or project management system like an Asana, Monday.com and others that are out there. Freed Camp is another free one that you can use. And you can say, hey, when it comes to the project and what I'm doing in that project, I'm going to put all of my task lists and to do lists in this project manager that you'll have access to. Or you can have them set it up. It doesn't matter. The purpose of using this kind of neutral technology is that it provides kind of a, a neutral third party dashboard to see what's going on. What's the status of the project? That person can stop calling you, stop texting you, stop emailing you, stop stalking and hovering to figure out what's going on with the project. When all you have to do is log on to Asana.com and you'll see step by step 
what I've completed and what I haven't completed. And you can put comments right there in context. You can adjust the deadlines. So I think that for that fix, when it comes to delegation and managing the different project components and things like that, um, if you have a project based, um, you know, job, then using technology is a great neutral way to do that. Now, you may say, Dr. Brandy, first of all, they're not going to sign up for any new technology. There's no way I'll be able to get them to use it. Well, first of all, try, okay, because you're already arguing with me and the episode of the podcast isn't even over. And then secondly, use it as your tool. Be proactive. So the next time that they sit you down and go, I like the status of the meeting, and pull up your laptop. Oh, I have the status for you. Log on, show them the screen and let them know. Um, what you're doing, they say, well, can I have access to that? I already sent you the invitation. It's already in your inbox. You absolutely can have access to that. Well, is there a budget for this? Because on our, it's actually free. It's called freedcamp.com and they are not sponsoring this episode. Okay, y'all. But, um, but that, those are ways that you can show leadership within yourself and be proactive ahead of time when it comes to managing projects, tasks, and to-do lists so that they're not constantly checking in, um, with you, checking in, stalking you about the status of a project. So that's one. Um, The other thing I recommend is micromanagers, you have to catch them before they catch you. And so let's say they're checking in all the time or you notice that close to the end of the week, they're, they're kind of hovering, they're checking in around the topic. What you can do is you call a meeting ahead of time or send them a report and say, oh, before the, before um, I go home for the day, here's a, now if you really have a super micromanager, you may have to do a daily report. And by report, I mean, five to six bullets in an email. Here's my daily report for the day to let you know what I completed. Thank you. Or here's my weekly report and just send it to them. The more that you communicate with them first, they won't need to check back in with you. And so you may say like, gosh, now I have to like over communicate to them. But being in control of the conversation, being in control of the cadence of communication, I think is more valuable, more important. And and micromanagers, it's kind of like a psychological trick on us. It's not that they just are annoying, right? I was being saying that kind of tongue in cheek earlier in the episode, but what it does is micromanagers truly make you feel like you can't be trusted. They make you feel like you're doing something wrong. So emotionally for us, when we're on the receiving end of a micromanager, it really bothers us. And so it's worth it to just send that five or six bullets at the end of the day or at the end of the week to get ahead of of, um, their pattern of over communicating with you. The last thing I want to say, I'm trying to think of some of the ones that I gave to see a specific strategy here um, is I would recommend doing something. And if you tuned into season one, I probably mentioned this at some point, but um, just a check in. Sometimes you just need to clear the air. Sometimes you can't manage them um, behind the scenes, right? You can't just adjust your behavior and then they will adjust. You can't just do the project manager or send that report out to them or over communicate. Sometimes you just have to clear the air because it's too much. It's excessive. It's not productive. It's having a negative impact on your mental health, your performance. Um, And so in that case, I recommend something called the perception checking method. So this is a method of confrontation and confronting others that minimizes defensiveness in other people. Simple three-step method. You can Google this. I didn't make it up. It's out there. And so in this methodology, you are essentially giving someone some feedback and trying to reset expectations with them. So this is how it works. Pretty simple. The first thing you do is you state the facts of what you're noticing. You want to state the facts with no judgment. So you don't want to say, hi, um, Janet. 
Um, I wanted to meet with you because I'm concerned at some of the communication patterns and the micromanaging that you've been doing. You don't want to say that because you're all you're already putting your emotion in it. I'm concerned. You're already labeling them as a micromanager. They're going to get defensive. So with the perception checking method, it reduces defensiveness in others when you have to confront them about an issue. So what you're going to do is keep it very factual. Hi, Janet. I noticed that um, since the project started, you have checked in 87 times. Now I'm being, you know, but you've, you've checked in um, three times a day since the project started. That's all you do. Step one. Step two is you give two plausible reasons for why Janet is exhibiting this behavior. One that lets them off the hook and another that's what you really think is going on. So you may say, I wasn't sure if you were checking in three times a day on the project because um, that's kind of your normal protocol uh, for checking in. You like to do like a morning, midday, afternoon, or if maybe there was something, a way that maybe I'm not communicating proactively with you that made you want to check in more. Maybe is there some information that you don't have that's making you want to check in more with me? So you get just two kind of neutral. The third step is ask for clarification. So you're going to say, I just wanted to check in with you about that. Any thoughts? Super simple. You should be able to get all of that out in like 30 seconds or less. I do not recommend that you call a special meeting for this. I recommend that you always keep it as casual as possible, again, to reduce people's um, tendency to become defensive. So, for example, let's say you're on a Zoom meeting and it's about to end. You may ask, Janet, can you stay behind real quick? I had a quick question and then just go right into it. You know what? I noticed since the project started, you've been checking in about three times a day. I wasn't sure if I wasn't maybe giving you enough updates and because I, I can do better at that. Or if maybe there was another um, protocol that you had or expectation that you had for me to you know, check in with you that I wasn't doing that's prompting you to check in so often. Just want to check in. Any thoughts? Something like that, right? Super simple. Now, Janet may say, I'm just checking in because I don't trust you. Like this does not guarantee what their response is going to be. Let's say it just goes all the way south. Right. And so th this person may respond. Your manager may say, no, I just don't trust you guys are going to stay on task or I just like to check in three times a day or whatever they say. Step four is just reset expectations and give a positive suggestion on what you can do. So you may say, you know, one of the things. Um, oh, I understand that. OK, thank you for clarifying. What I'm thinking would be a great alternative to you checking in three times a day is how about I give you an end of day report? Would that work? That can clarify for you what I've accomplished in this and that. Right. Um, and then they may say, no, you can't give me that end of day report. I'm going to check in three times a day. Then all you got to do is reset expectations. OK, no problem. Um, if that's what makes you feel comfortable, I just can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to respond three times. I know I'll at least do my best at the end of the day, once a day to respond to you. But I may not be able to respond every single time just because of my workload. That's it. And then you move on. They may say, I don't care what you can do. I'm going to check in three times. My expectation is this. Well, guess what? Just because they're your manager or your leader or have a powerful position or in a power, higher power position doesn't mean that it's a dictatorship. It is a collaboration. And so you just have to reiterate that. Now, most micromanagers are um, do, would not respond in that way. Um, you know, if they do, then usually they're more of a bully. OK, there's something else going on. Um, uh, in terms of their management style, 
But the point of, of me kind of sharing this is at some point you have to address the elephant in the room and not hide and try to keep adjusting. Have you ever had someone that just they behave so badly and so poorly and you just do everything you adjust in every way possible and they just still don't get it. They still don't adjust. At that point, you have to be authentic um, and have that conversation. So. You all have some work to do. Bless you if you have never encountered a micromanager and your current supervisor or anyone in leadership is not a micromanager. But for those of us who are still dealing with that, we want to identify what's going on. Remember, it has nothing to do with you. And then use some of these strategies to make those adjustments on your end so that you can make sure um, that, yeah, you can relieve your mental well-being because it's stressful. They stress us out and they're one of the most stressful management types in our workforce. All right, guys, so that's it for today's episode. Super simple. Hope that you got some great tips. Remember, just reach out. You can go to drbrandy.com. Give me some feedback. Let me know your micromanagement horror stories. I would love to share it. I will, I will protect your identity, okay? I will change the names and the topics, but share it with us so that the community knows that they're not alone. The other thing I want to mention is my number, 215-608-5687. Reach out, give me some feedback, add a question, and then we will make sure um, to get back to you for our Q&A episode. All right, guys. Bye.